Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. Thank you so much for hopping on. And I'm your host, Colin Zhu. And I have an amazing guest with us today. Her name is Justine Reichman. Say hi to everyone, Justine. Hi. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Colin. Thank you so much for hopping onto the show and taking time out to uh, be able to share your story. Where are you calling from now? I am in Marin County, just outside San Francisco, about 11 miles. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. So I love what you do and I can't wait for you to share the gen- the audience, you know, about what you do. And to start off, you know, I love learning about people's stories and that's the centerpiece of, you know, my podcast and, you know, not just talking about health and wellness from various different types of perspectives, but also to really get a grasp of who and what makes that person them and what makes them unique. And uh, your story is definitely very unique. And I would love for you to share how you got from point A to point B and um, how you came to play the role of your current role, which is uh, the CEO and founder of NextGen uh, Chef. And uh, and I know you do a various, uh, and you wear a lot of other hats, um, but please share with the audience, um, you know, what you do. So I am the founder of NextGen Chef. And um, I think that was a two-part question. So I'll start with where I got inspired and a little bit about my story to where I am today, if that makes sense to you, Colin. So um we were living in Mexico City, and um, I had really wanted to get involved in the community. I had spent the last year, you know, getting to know the city, getting to know the people, investigating everything from museums to uh, ruins uh, to restaurants, and I really wanted to start to participate and get to know the people that were living there and what it's like to be part of that community, not just as an expat or a tourist, but as somebody that is trying to make the world a better place where they live. And so literally one day I was getting my hair done on the corner and I'm trying to speak my pitiful Spanish, which was absolutely abysmal. And I'm speaking to the guy like, Necesita, I'm brushing. And the guy's like, pardon me, do you need help? Do you speak English? Because I can speak English. We made quick (laughs) friends and he asked me what I was doing there. And um, he had had said, so what are you doing these days? And I said, well... I'm doing photography because I was literally doing photography and taking pictures because it was a hobby of mine. Um, and previously, the week before, somebody said they loved my Instagram. So now all of a sudden, um, I had a portfolio of artwork that I had done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he said to me, wow, you do photography? Can I see? And he's like, would you ever be interested in taking pictures for this foundation that we work with? I run the CMR, Fundacion CMR for the CMR group which provides access to organic seeds and education so that lower income families can build farms and grow organic produce to have for themselves and have enough left over to become self-sustaining. And I said, Oh, I love that. 
I'd be happy to. So a couple days later, they invited me to have lunch with them. And I learned that the CMR group was a, or is a, um, a franchise. Uh, they own the franchise for Olive Garden and Capitol Grill and all these other restaurants. And the, they have this foundation that sits underneath them where they work with an NGO to provide these resources. So I met them and they invited me to come out there and meet these families and try their food and take some pictures because they really loved my pictures. So mm. I said, okay, great. I was really excited. And um, they picked me up and we went and it was like about three hours away. And we switched from a little car to a bigger car to an even bigger car with bigger wheels and from heels to boots <laughs> because it was, you know, we needed traction on our shoes and there were lots of hills. So we get there and I'm introduced to all these families and they all bring me into their little homes and they're making me food and showing me their gardens and they're very proud and everything is impeccable. It's beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, and so I start to take pictures and these kids are looking at me like, what are you doing, lady? You know, they had no idea that on the other side of that camera was a picture of them. So mm. as I slowly got to know them, I took more pictures, they got excited, and I came up with this idea that we would do a recipe contest, um, and that they would sponsor it, and that the winner, we'd use a Michelin-starred chef that I knew uh, to, to choose the winning recipe, put it on the menu, and then a portion of proceeds would go back to them. And then we'd use these pictures to create reusable bags to mitigate all the excess waste on plastic that there is in Mexico, and mm. we'd give them another revenue stream. So they love this. The Fundacion CMR was totally on board. They were printing bags, and this was a hit and a win. Um, and we partnered with a restaurant in Mexico City where I knew the chef who had opened the Jean George restaurants in New York, and he chose the recipe. And it was a big win for the families um, and a fun opportunity to make a difference and have an impact on that community. And so then I moved back to California, and I said, okay, now what? Um, and we're in a different mm -hmm. place with a different set of circumstances and a different set of needs. And so I was like, okay, I'll have a cooking contest and support people that want to make healthy food. Mm -hmm. But what I got when I started that was a lot of hobbyists. And it's not that I don't support hobbyists or my friends and family to make healthy food, but I wanted to create something different, a little bit more global, changing the narrative for the way that people thought about food. So I wanted to support food entrepreneurs building better for you food businesses from idea to product that through education, through community, through collaboration, they'd be able to innovate better for you, healthier food. And we create greater access to healthy food by doing this, by educating both the food entrepreneurs as well as the end consumers so that they can make more informed choices. And by creating that narrative, hoping to really create a demand for healthier products driving down the cost uh, for farmers because there's greater demand now, right? Mm -hmm. And and driving down the cost of these artisanal products to make all these healthier, better-for-you products more accessible to everyone. And that's yeah. how I got to Next Gen Chef, where I am today, uh, awesome. trying to work with and cultivate a community of entrepreneurs, mentors, resources to collaborate and innovate and create change in the world so that we can demand better-for-you products People are more aware of what they're making, making more informed choices, um, and that it's it's a complete circle from the farmer to the person buying it on the shelf. We all know why we're making those choices. 
It sounds to me, um, it sounds more like a collaborative, like a actual forum as opposed to a school, you know, because I'm sure when you were thinking about this idea, you could have taken it in so many different directions. Um, and school would have been, um, depending on the school, it could have been a brick and mortar, it could have been a virtual or online uh, type of platform. But, you know, I, I really like the idea of bringing different sectors of the food industry to be able to come together and collaborate. Um, so before I would love to talk about, you know, that, you know, more um, before we, you know, dive deeper into that, you know, what was your, what has been your relationship, you know, with food up until that point um, and or health, you know, did you, um, was there like a personal health journey or were you inspired, you know, by someone, um, in health or food um, or wellness that kind of that, you know, contributed to um, your current role? I would most definitely say yes. Um, I have had a love affair with food ever since I could put food in my mouth. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, loving food and then also realizing that there's things that you can't eat because they don't make you feel well is a challenge. But it allows you to explore, to try new things, to be adventurous. Um, and when I was a little girl, I would, I was embarrassed to say this, but I'm going to tell everybody I snore and <laughs> I was always congested and I constantly, you know, I was always just not feeling well because I was congested. Right. And so my mom's like, okay, you have to stop eating dairy. And this is just her being a mom, right? You're congested. Mm -hmm. Don't eat dairy. It was in the seventies and eighties. And she brought home tofuti and she's like, you're going to try tofuti. Now, back in the day, nobody wanted to eat that, right? It was just, it was, it was healthier. It was soy based. It was non-dairy and it seemed exciting, but it wasn't like the products that they make today. But what my point is, is that she was ahead of the curve in my mind back in that day, you know, eating organic and knowing that you should not eat dairy was ahead of the curve. I think she was very mm -hmm. forward thinking. And so I grew up with a role model that while I like to eat everything, tried to introduce me to foods that were across the board from sushi to lobster, from steak to mac and cheese to see what I would like and figure out what I felt good eating. And so as a result, I became an adventurous cook in, in my house. Um, and I was also very aware when people would tell me if they didn't feel well, that I always connected not feeling well with something I ate, whether it was that I had a glass of wine and I feel like, oh, I didn't really respond well to that. Or maybe I had um, eggs because eggs do not agree with me. And the next day I constantly get sick. Mm -hmm. So I'm really very mindful of it. And I think that really did inspire me to want to provide a forum for education, not because I want to sit here and tell everybody what they should and shouldn't do, because I don't have the answers to build a forum and a community for collaboration, community, and inspiration to and how, create new innovative solutions. How long has the company been running so far? So the company has been running about a year and a half. Um, in its first iteration, we were doing those cooking contests in the first couple months. But we quickly pivoted to create a membership-based community that really brought together aspiring food entrepreneurs with the mentors and resources to build better for you food businesses. So we've been doing Next Gen Chef. Um, although we started a year and a half ago, probably 
a, a little over a year now in this variation. Um, although in the last few months, we've pivoted from doing a lot of in-person content to doing online content, as you can imagine, with COVID-19. Let's, um, I, I think it's a brilliant concept, um, you know, having, um, you know, gone through, you know, chef school myself and being able to intern at different places and, you know, just seeing, you know, my, my share of, you know, what the food industry is like, and then looking at it from a health perspective as a practicing physician, you know, there's a lot of pieces that needs to be linked. And, you know, you and I, we've talked about this before, um, you know, this episode where, you know, it's, you know, health and food and nutrition, they're very, very synonymous with one another, and they directly, you know, affect one another influence. And so, you know, it's very interesting to be able to have a forum, um, or just an actual collaborative where you're actually piecing those together is like a puzzle, you know, you have, you know, everything from the farmer mm -hmm. to, you know, the restaurant owner to, um, you know, maybe hospitality, um, to, you know, everyone in between. So I think it's a very, I think it's a brilliant concept. So let's expound upon that a little bit more. And for the general audience, what, how would you define a foodpreneur? Like, you know, obviously you have the two words, you know, meshed together, but how would you define that? Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. So for us, a food entrepreneur or foodpreneur is anyone looking to build or create greater access to healthy food, whether it's a CPG product, whether you're a chef, whether you're a restaurant, um, whether you have a food tech solution, because there's so many different things that go into it from education to preparing to, um, you know, it's just, it's so broad. So mm -hmm. anybody that wants to create a, um, a product or something that makes healthier food more accessible is somebody that we want as part of our community. And, um, you know, for those that are not directly in the food business, you know, there's a lot of different, and like you said, it's very broad and there's a lot of components that go into it. You know, what are, what are some common uh, misconceptions that people have about the food business or what, you know, for those that are in the food business, what are some things that, you know, the day to day that they run into that you feel your actual uh, venture, your next gen chef or collaborative is able to lend its hand to? So I think if you would have asked me this question a few weeks ago, I would have had a very different answer or even a couple months ago, because COVID-19 has really changed the landscape for this and for the questions that we're getting answered. And we've had to adjust accordingly. Right now, people are really concerned about food safety and mm -hmm. where they're getting their food and how it's being sourced. Uh, which is a very big question, where I would have said um, a couple months ago, I got more questions around even, I mean, everything from co-backing to the cottage industry. Because um, we really do get people that just have an idea and are looking to sandbox their thoughts to people that are in the North Bay and want to expand into the South Bay, or from the East Coast to the West Coast. So it runs the gamut. But on the whole, Right now, a lot of the questions that we're getting are around food safety, 
around um, the impact of COVID-19 and the impact it's having both on the planet because things have to change. For example, mm-hmm. when they're getting products they're, and they're using them for takeout, they're now using more, they're having more waste. There's a lot of questions around that um, that we're trying to address with people and come up with solutions. Um, there's a lot of questions around the communication and how people should be speaking about COVID-19 as a chef, a restaurant, a CPG product, and how do they communicate with their customer? That's another really large conversation we're having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would say those are the largest for the moment, but they're quite topical. Yeah, definitely. So before, just to kind of give uh, people in the audience some perspective, you know, before the pandemic, what were the different questions that you were being asked? Um, we were being asked everything from, you know, I want to start something and do what, can you tell me about the cottage laws? Can you tell me, can I just start something in my kitchen? Um, there's a lot of questions we were having on CBD and, and selling that interstate. So we have some companies, beverage and food that do things in the CBD space. And there was a lot of talk about, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, expanding and selling cross state lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get a variety of questions, I will say, from legal, from setting up and understanding what a B Corp is versus a C Corp, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and putting them in touch with lawyers to help them understand the choice that they're making. We are a B Corp. And I made that, that was a very specific decision for me. I mean, I was very clear on why I wanted to do that. We get a variety of questions. I would say that... Um, Right now, it's there. A lot of them are COVID specific and about talking to their audience and their buyers in this time. Beforehand, it was more about expanding, building, being aggressive, um, not in a negative way, you know, but in mm-hmm. an excited way about the growth. Right now, it's more about safety and security and will this test that will this last the test of time? Will this mm-hmm. be scalable? Um, will we be able to grow three to five years? What will that look like? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and keep in mind how things are shifting right now with food safety. Yeah, and definitely. so as they plan, making sure that it's incorporated into their plan. Yeah, because um, you know the pandemic obviously has uh, shifted a lot of how we do our day to day, especially from a you know food uh, you know business, whether it's the manufacturing, the packaging, to grocery stores, to restaurants. Um, you know, because they're considered essential. Um, and so the language mm-hmm. and the communication and your day-to-day is entirely shifted in terms of how do you make that contact, quote-unquote, so to speak, um, you know, with this new normal that we have to go into um, because no one really expected it and now it's gone past its, you know, our, our limit of expectation. And now it's like, okay, this is going to be part of our future how do we pivot and shift, like you said? So, so shifting gears a little bit, I'm um, going back to you know the the actual core of uh, Next Gen Chef. Um, why do you feel the collaboration and you know the the and what happens when when different aspects of the food business comes together? What have you seen um, different and that's blossomed um, over time? Um, or just positive outcomes um, from it, you know, ever since you guys started? So we've seen so many different projects as a cl- come out of this as a collaboration. 
bringing together people with different experiences, different skill sets, feeds itself for collaboration and new ideas. It allows some of these entrepreneurs that are solo entrepreneurs doing this in isolation to connect with other like-minded individuals and to build their business in a way that they might not otherwise be able to. As an entrepreneur myself, you know, and we don't have a team necessarily always in the beginning, we rely on the people in our community to be part of the process, whether it's to do research, we ask our friends and our family, right? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? We're running by them. By creating this community, we gave them people to talk to, to sandbox their ideas that share that mission, that are looking to build a better for you food business, that have had some of the experiences and that they can share that have been good or bad mm-hmm. um, to help them work around that and navigate that in an easier way. It also allows them to share resources and connections and have a cheerleader on their side Mm. because these people many times are starting off at the very beginning or make huge milestones together. And when you can, when I see one of my colleagues or my friends that have a success, we're excited for them. Mm. So this gives them that, that connection, that family, that group of people that are on your team and on your side, even if they're not working at the same, for the same company. How, um, how do you, yeah, no, it totally does. And I, and I actually, you know, applaud you for doing it in that manner because, you know, sometimes, you know, if we're just taking the restaurant business, for example, you know, it can be a very cutthroat, you know, uh, type of business. Um, but, you know, when you're looking at different, different wheels or cogs of the big, bigger machine, you realize that each one of them, you know, depends on each other. And so when you operate from that type of perspective, it's, it's almost like, you know, what's the point of cutting something, your your competition down? Why don't you actually come together and build each other up? And I think, you know, you're using that same principle to, you know, to, as, uh, as one of your strengths of, you know, your collaborative. Yeah, I would agree. We really try to create a community that is that incorporates programming that not only brings people together, but it brings in resources that our members are asking for, that we see a need for. And it's not only the benefit to benefit the food entrepreneurs, it benefits the mentors because it gives them another pool of people that they know have mm-hmm. similar interests as well. So we're building this really robust community of people that really want to build better for you food businesses and create greater access. And that's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Whether mm-hmm. you're in branding, whether you're in learning, whether you are creating a food business, to be able to share that passion and to be part of that community because it is meaningful to you, people just want to help each other. They want to support each other. They want to collaborate. They want to innovate. They want to create new solutions and mm-hmm. by taking these the the already established uh, mentors if you will and sharing their stories and sharing their expertise and their insights not only is it a great resource it's inspiring for the food entrepreneurs mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to have direct access to those kinds of stories and people to ask them questions to share their struggles and to hear that while maybe it's they did have struggles. They ultimately got there, or maybe they had a bunch of failures, but they ultimately found a way to have an impact. And that's the point. 
uh, I, I'm going to use this analogy and I hope it doesn't like undermine, you know, what you're doing. It, it sounds like, and I agree with you. I think mentorship is amazing. And, um, you know, I've had the privilege of being a mentor in different types of capacities, but it's almost like, you know, almost like a boys and girls club, you know, for food or food, you know, food mm-hmm. business, you know, uh, entrepreneurs. And I think that's great. Um, and, uh, you know, why not be able to share your insights and wisdoms and, you know, and then have those aha moments of, you know, if I knew then what I know now, you know, things would have gone, you know, exactly. a little bit more smoothly, you know. So um, I'm curious, have you gone back to that uh, organization in Mexico City and uh, done, you know, done I different things? To, yes, we do talk. Yeah, we talk, you know, they working with Mexico City. I don't know if you've ever worked with Mexico is they work in reverse many times. It's so slow. Um, But I love working with that group and I do hope to do more things right now with the pandemic going on. uh, We're really focused our energies right here. Uh, Mm -hmm. We had planned originally to do some events in Mexico with one of our advisors um, in the fall. Mm -hmm. Right now we've put that on hold Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. while our goal right now is We've moved all of our programming online. We have everything from a social happy hour that allows people to just hear live music and mix cocktails and get sketched and feel like they're in somebody else's living room to our lunch and learns to our uh, table talk, which is on food and food as medicine this week, as it would happen, Colin. We have that going on and we're actually talking about the pandemic and how you can eat for health and uh, your well-being and your immune system, which is something I'm just super passionate about. But the goal is not only to support these entrepreneurs in their businesses, but also for themselves, because as an entrepreneur, we are really focused on our business and we can be laser focused and forget about taking care of ourselves. And so since we don't have companies to take care of us, we need to be able to create and and give them a platform that allows them to remi- remember to take care of themselves, which is why we do some of the happy hours or mm. we are uh, we made a relationship with mm. mindful text to remind them to do meditation every day if they want but we're just trying to be able to integrate some of these techniques and these solutions for people to remember to take care of themselves as they're taking care of their business. Yeah, I um and that's awesome. I applaud you for doing that. And I um, you know, self-care is something that I do my best to kind of highlight uh depending on, you know, which guests I have on my show and uh especially, you know, with the COVID series that I did for season 2, um you know, it's especially important to emphasize self-care. Um, and I'm glad that you are, you know, also emphasizing that, um, as well, because at the end of the day, no matter how driven and laser focused we may be for our businesses at the end of the day, we are human and we need to take care of ourselves, you know, um, before we want to be able to share, you know, our skill sets and talents and, you know, for that food business, um, for everyone else. So, so I, I want to talk about, uh, you know, how you personally thrive. Um, I think one of my favorite questions to ask my guests is learning about, you know, what makes them tick, what gets them up in the morning, you know, what fuels their fire. And, um, you know, a lot of people talk about self-care and I want to, I want to learn, uh, you know, what is it that, you know, gets you going and uh, what makes you personally thrive yourself? 
Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Well, that's a really good question. I like that question. I get up in the morning. I am. I like to fix problems. I'm a problem solver. Mm. Um, and I like making the connections and realizing that I've connected the right people so that they can get to the next step on their journey. That makes me feel really fulfilled. Um, what makes me fulfilled is that hopefully we will start to see some of the products that are coming out of this community on the shelves that will be better for you and more accessible. That gets me up in the morning. Mm, um, mm. To be able to have an impact and change the way people are thinking about building their products from value to, from the value and core of it to the actual product gets me up in the morning. Mm-hmm, to think mm-hmm. that I could in some way, shape, or form have an impact on what they're creating and the choices they're making. Not me personally. Like It's not like they're doing it because I said it, but because I created a platform that allowed them to make a more informed choice. Yeah, I think it's a, it is important to make sure that um, – you know, at the end of the day, we do some sort of role modeling because, you know, if we don't practice what we preach, then it's kind of hard to lead that, you know, example, especially if you're running your mm-hmm. own business and everyone's looking at you to be able to provide, you know, leadership and guidance. And, um, you know, it's important <laughs> to set that example. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. So that's actually a, a question that I would love to ask, um, you know, earlier, but, you know, I'll just ask now. Um, but when you're when you are trying to get more members into the collaborative um, of your next gen chef, um, what are some criterias? Uh, do you have criterias um, um, in terms of a certain food business to be able to you know operate in a way? Because I know that you are you know a B corporation and there is some sort of social responsibility benefit that, you know, uh, uh, that type of comp- corporation uh, needs to um, operate. But you're talking about in terms of products, in terms of, you know, h- how it needs to be more health forward. You know, what are certain things that you're looking for when you are considering, you know, a solo food entrepreneur or a business um, in that regard with uh, Next Gen Chef? They don't have to tick off all the boxes, right? There's so many local, healthy, accessible, regenerative. I've got a million of them. But the goal is that I try to include companies that are working towards one or two of them at any given moment Mm -hmm. to be able to have that mindset um, that you're working towards creating a really good product, that you want to make it accessible. Somebody that wants to make a really expensive uh, product that's healthy but going to sell for $20, it's only uh, available to the small portion of the population, is not really up my alley. Um, I, I eat a lot of those products. I drink a lot of them. I try them all, right? Mm-hmm. I've been to Erwan and I've spent lots of money on all those juices. And I'm not saying that they're bad because I like them, but I want it to become more mainstream. And the only way I know how to make it more mainstream is support those people to be able to start off somewhere. And it may not be making it, it might not be the cheapest version, but that's okay. It's choosing the best quality ingredients. It's making it accessible and it's working towards making it available to the masses. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's done not just the price point, but through education. Because some people just don't know the difference. So it's equally important to me 
but understanding the balance and making an informed choice that you're working towards creating the best product you can and making it as accessible as possible. Yeah. So there's uh, like we said, there's a, there's a lot of uh, pieces to consider. Um, and you know, you're trying to, you know, consider uh, many different types of audiences and, you know, making it accessible and, you know, cost effective, not, not, not just in terms of creation of the product, but also, you know, in terms of cost effective for people's, you know, affordability. So, because, uh, food can be a very, um, and food, you know, products can be a very hot topic in terms of, you know, how we view it in terms of different types of socioeconomic classes and of the like. So, um, so I appreciate you going through all those different uh, uh, layers of thought processes when you're considering, you know, a certain business or, or a person. Yeah. I think education plays a really big role in it too, because there's a lot of people that don't understand why they should buy one versus another and maybe modify what they're eating and what they're buying so that they could have better quality food. Maybe they don't need as much. So if they buy less, they can mm-hmm. afo- afford something else because maybe mm-hmm. they don't need to have so much of that other stuff whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we have mentors that, you know, basically do everything from recipe development to help people go to the store, buy products so that they can make multiple meals with it so they can lower their costs so they don't have as much and not have as much waste, but could ultimately buy better ingredients. Education is really part of this as well, because I think that it's, we can create products, but it goes hand in hand. We need to educate the food entrepreneurs so that they can make the right choices. We need to educate the end consumers so they know what they want and why they should buy it mm-hmm. and, and throw in all the other stuff in between so they can make informed choices and realize that if they can make better choices and they have better access to food and more people are buying it, we can drive the price down and then make it even more accessible. So in terms of, in terms of the actual, you know, platform, and I know that, uh, before the pandemic, uh, you know, you've had actual open forums in terms of physical events and things like that is, uh, would you say, you know, that's where you get the most education? Um, do you have like videos or webinars, you know, on your platform or most of your education really comes from these actual events where people come together? Well, up until recently we've been doing them all in person but we have switched now and a lot of them are done online and so we like today tomorrow we bring in different speakers that we have conversations with um we call it table talk next gen Mm -hmm. chef talks and we facilitate a conversation around a specific topic whether it's food as medicine whether it's supply chain and understanding the supply chain in a pandemic and planning for the future and we try to create a platform where everyone can come and participate in this conversation so that you have direct access to the experts on hand. You can ask your questions while they share their insights. Uh, it's very interactive and it's, it's intimate enough that you can really have a conversation and get your questions asked and not be participating in what I like to call a spectator sport. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you could just have demos and workshops and not necessarily learn as much as you could if it was more engaging and more interactive. So I think that's uh, very important. And of course, we would all love, you know, the in-person and live events um, because there's just so much dynamics and energy that you can feed off of from a person um, when you're actually there um, alive. Um, But, you know, 
because of things have shifted, um, you know, we can, you know, still do that. Um, you know, second best would be virtual and, uh, you know, still be able to have that interactivity. So. I also think that one of the things that we do that's unique is by, is that we cultivate these conversations with small enough groups so that people can have that intimate conversation that they're missing right now, because we're not going out to network. We're not going out to events and we're not meeting with other people outside of our home really. So Mm -hmm. to just go to a larger event, it's, you're not really connecting one-on-one with anybody. And so Mm -hmm. really we're trying to facilitate that here with our online platforms, uh, with our online platform, excuse me. And by doing these talks and uh, we just actually launched our app last week so mm-hmm. that people can now directly get access to our events through the app, check out some of our podcasts that we've been on and check out our newsletter, and all sorts of other kinds of resources. Excellent. Excellent. And uh, we'll definitely share that into the show notes, um, you know, when, uh, when it's released. Um, so closing out, um, thank you so much for taking the time out, um, and out of your busy schedule to be able to share with us, uh, uh, your wisdom and your experience so far. And it's very exciting stuff. Um, last question I have for you is, um, if someone in the audience is looking to become, you know, a food entrepreneur or foodpreneur and, uh, wants to get into the food business, what would you say would be three tips that you can share in terms of how to go about it, um, how to go about it in the, in the right way? Well, I think if, you know, I think there's a lot of things and it really just does depend. Uh, are you looking to become a chef? Are you looking to be, open a restaurant? Are you looking to start a CPG product? So regardless of niche, I would start with research and understanding your product and understanding your audience, understanding the costs, understanding the, um, the risk factors. Uh, and I would, my, uh, my advice to everyone is if you believe in it, you got to put one foot in front of the other and just go for it um, and make it happen. And while you're doing that, Start to do your due diligence, do the research, understand the risks, understand your competition, and surround yourself with as many experts in the industry as you can so that you have access to everyone's insight and experiences so that when you go to build your business, you have access to that. It's, it's so, it's, I can't even tell you how uh, helpful that is because we cannot be experts in everything. So surrounding yourself with those experts can mean all the difference in the world. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and I'm glad that, you know, you have created a platform, you know, to be able to do as such. So that's awesome. Justine, thank you so much for being on today's show. And I really appreciate um, you sharing your insights. If people want to look up you and reach out to you, where can they find you? Um, my Instagram is at next gen chef. My Facebook is at next gen chef. Our app is at next gen chef. Um, <laughs> and you can find me on LinkedIn at Justine Reichman. And uh, my email in the event you want to email me is Justine at next gen chef. I'm accessible, available, and always eager and open to hearing about new food entrepreneurs. The community is just growing and we're excited to have new innovators and new collaborators all the time. Yes, definitely. Virus or not. So we're, we're still, we're still going, (laughs) still pushing ahead. So 
All right. Uh, thank you so much, Justine, again. Um, you know, I really think it's very insightful information. And, uh, you know, I, I hope uh, Next Gen Chef uh, blossoms and flourishes and thrives, basically. So, which, you know, I, I, I can tell it already is. So, um, thank you again. Um, guys, thank you so much uh, for listening on. If you like this, please share, follow, and subscribe. If you feel that someone uh, would benefit from listening to this podcast, please pass it along. Uh, thank you, Justine, for coming on. And uh, thank you to everyone. And we'll thank you for having me. Yes, yes, it's really my pleasure. And uh, we will see everyone on the next one. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.